first time I heard uh, this song was in Broken Bow, Oklahoma, <laughs> which is really funny. Just like a great name for a place. That's where like my dad's from. I re- my memories with this artist and this song is driving around um, Charlotte with my older sister Kelly going to Carowinds. Did she really like Avril Lavigne? Yeah, like I, I don't know if she like liked Avril mm-hmm. Lavigne. It just happened to be on the radio. Got it, got and, it. You know, she was like with her like younger brothers. I just didn't grow up with girls in my life at all. Mm-hmm. So I just and I was like into pop punk. So when Avril Lavigne came out, I was like, "What sort of horse shit is this?" I was into it. You were into it. I was, I'm, I'm, I was like a little bit younger. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I like remember going to Carowinds. <laughs> what is that? Time. You don't know about Carowinds? <laughs> no, no, the theme park in Charlotte. No, no. And, it, and it separates the border of South Carolina and North Carolina, so you can be like on the North Carolina side or the South <laughs> Do Carolina side. They have like side. a roller coaster that goes through both. Oh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, they had this one roller coaster that was based off Top Gun. No way. Yeah, it was awesome. That's fucking cool. It was a sick roller coaster. Damn, people be sleeping on the Dude. North Carolina, South Carolina border. Carowinds, man. Keep it. <laughs> I love how this song starts, too. Wide. Yeah. Wow. Life's like this. Life's like this. <laughs> <laughs> Avril dropping fucking truth bombs. Right. It's like a little bit of DJ scratches. That was so big because of Sugar Ray. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like pretty pretty well produced, honestly. I mean, Avril can write a great lyric, though. I think that was really what separated her. She wrote these? Yeah, well, with people, but yeah, with probably. Really good production like it's clearly an acoustic guitar song but there's all this stuff going on that makes it more fun like hear this bubbly sound yeah yeah i don't even know what the fuck that is that's cool yeah yeah it's like some sort of arpeggiator mm-hmm. and this chorus is huge and the bass playing is great there's like a nice pocket to the drums got that little upbeat thing Great little chord thing at here at the end. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. They really write some great guitars. These are those folks, the Matrix. Oh, that's right. They did that Liz Fair, oh, right. Liz Fair track that I'm obsessed with. Like great, like early 2000s bass tone. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so into that sound. It's like the bass is so flat, but yeah. like real. Yeah, flat is like the right way to describe yeah. it. Not in a bad way. No, no, no. I think it's good sometimes. Sometimes a bass is about a feeling. Yeah. Um, not necessarily like the attack. Yeah, like these fucking weird arcs going on. Arcs. <laughs> is that what people yeah. call them that? Yes. I didn't make that yeah. shit up. <laughs> I wish I was a mixer. Instead, I'm just a fucking flat bass player. You'll cry yourself to sleep more often. <laughs> Amazing song. I, I, feel, I feel so Dude, open. I was kind of hating on it earlier. Yeah. I'm kind of fucking with it. <laughs> Welcome to Listen to This, a podcast in which we explore songs we like, we research what they mean, how they were recorded, why they were written, why we like them, and why you should listen to this. 
Today, we're discussing a song that's chorus refrain is one of the most enduring questions regarding modern life. Yeah. It's complicated by Avril Lavigne, who I definitely thought it was Lavigny for like, <laughs> ten, <laughs> for like 10 years. First of all, what a weird fucking first name. Am I right? Avril. Avril. Yeah, I've, like, never I've never met, met anyone with that name. There's like an Avril's car wash here. <laughs> like something next to the Hawaiian barbecue joint. Oh, Waikiki. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, dude. <laughs> complicated was released on May 7th, 2002, and it was Avril's wow. debut single from her debut debut album entitled let go yeah i was like 11 12 years old crazy yeah that was like when i started becoming a person like i guess it really started before then but when i started becoming whatever it is that i am now so it was a big time to to get into. I don't think I could spell my last name at eleven or twelve. <laughs> yeah, I, don't I think was I, behind, <laughs> dude. I can't spell your last name now. <laughs> um, this complicated was one of the biggest hits of the year, with sales totaling over three million copies, wow. and it rose to number two on the charts. Complicated was nominated for Song of the Year and Best Female Vocal at the Grammys. Wow. But lost both awards to, listen to this, season one episode, <laughs> Don't Know Why by Nora Jones. Right. That's I a rem- good episode. I remember episode. as a kid seeing the picture of Nora Jones holding all those Grammys because she won like four, I think. Yeah. And I remember yeah. being like, yo, this girl is hot. That, that was she, like a big awakening for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, complicated. It was written by Avril along with The Matrix, who also produced the song. So it's not like um, uh, The Matrix with Keanu Reeves. Right, he didn't course. produce the song. <laughs> it wasn't Trinity and Neo. <laughs> <laughs> the Matrix is a team of writers and producers made up of Scott Spock. Lauren Christie yeah, and Graham Edwards. Names, dude, I know, dude. I know. Scott I know. Spock. I know. <laughs> so Avril Lavigne was apparently discovered by L.A. Reid, which is fucking crazy. I would never really put that together. She? Oh, she's from Canada. She's from Canada. How happened. Yeah. Um, apparently, he just like listened to a demo and was like, I really like this. That's so he, he helps her move to New York and helps start working on her debut album. The label set Levine up for six months to work with a vast array of top songwriters, like at the time. Reed expected Avril to record, quote, balladic new country type songs, end quote. And which she's kind of in there. It's I see where he thought that would happen. Yeah. But yeah. for a year, nothing worked out and the label almost dropped her. Wow. Because she couldn't really hit that sound. No. Um, two years later... Levine finally hooked up with The Matrix, who felt that all her previous demos didn't match her vibe in person, which was a little bit more punk rock. Yeah. So they kind of tailored that pop sound to the punk rock thing. Right. And it really fucking worked. Yeah. She's kind of like the punk Shania Twain. I, I, I was even going to say she was she's more like the punk Taylor Swift. Oh, nice. Because like in the way I – in the way I, I why I think this – because I mean I love Shania Twain. Yeah. And I think that's a good analogy. Because they're think, Canadian. That's why I did Exactly. <laughs> but I I'm think, not your buddy guy. Right. <laughs> Tooth decay. <laughs> um, what was I saying? I, <laughs> I just wanted to say something and I can't say it. Can you bleep this? Of course. Queef sisters. <laughs> You're right. Nice. Okay. Um, you don't have to bleep it. But I think, uh, I think um, why I think the Avril Taylor thing is more of a thing because Taylor Swift not only influenced young girls. With her music, but also like her fashion. She made them want to pick up guitar. Yeah. They wanted to be her. And I think Avril Lavigne did the same thing for girls that identified with more of like the punk rock thing. Oh, for I sure. I think it was the first time like 
girls like got into like hot topics, started like changing their hair yeah, color, yeah. wanted to play rock the, guitar. The ties. The ties. The ties. Yeah, exactly. That was like Avril's thing. Yeah, I think so. She had such a profound impact with her image and who she was to like the young girl community. Yeah, yeah. Before we get into like some questions I have about like the music and the mix, I just need to ask like, who do you think created the armband sleeve thing, Avril Lavigne or Allen Iverson? Oh. <laughs> And do you think that they're aware of each other? You know what probably happened <laughs> is her first husband, who said he could have played in the NBA. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. He <laughs> probably gave the idea to Allen Iverson during basketball practice. Yeah, of course. Practice. Yeah. Allen yeah. Iverson doesn't practice. Nah. <laughs> so the first thing I've got to ask um, is recording acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. This acoustic guitar is tinny. Yeah, it is thin. Yeah, but it sounds cool, and I think part of that is part of that is because of the character of the person that is performing the song right. would play an acoustic guitar that's kind of tinny like yeah. that. So, it, so like, how would you record that? Yeah, it's like anytime any, like, when we were growing up, we were all punk kids, yeah. you know, and it's like no one had a nice acoustic guitar. Exactly. Like, it would sound so weird yes. if somebody was playing, like, what are those, you know, Gibson? Taylor, yeah. <laughs> Gibson, yeah. And it, it changes the song. If, if that acoustic guitar is really nice, profoundly recorded you got yeah. yourself a country song yeah then we're at a cheryl crow exactly like, hang but exactly. instead it's like got this weird vibe yeah which i was gonna ask you that was my next question is punk music or like any genre for that matter something you can enhance with recording things maybe not as well absolutely but it's not as well with in an artistic way yeah yeah it still is a point they're not yeah. just like well that sounded like shit but it kind of works although yeah. maybe it was like that i it don't know it could have yeah, yeah it could have worked like that but i think there's like there's an and there's it's like using the word lo-fi is so lame yeah, you know yeah, yeah. but like there's definitely like an artistic way to record something like in a punk manner where it's not I'm not. I'm not like, describing it well, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's the way, the one that I always come back to is like. Do you ever listen to Elliot Smith? Yeah. So like, it sounds like he recorded all his music on like a literal like cassette tape recorder, right. not a tape machine, like right. a cassette recorder, like in his basement late right. at night, trying not to wake anyone up. It sounds shitty, but that like intimacy is perfect. Right. If those recordings were done really well, it's not the same. And it sounded like they were recorded in fucking Abbey Road. It would be weak. Yeah, exactly. So it's cool that like they immediately come in with that. Although these guitars, like it's funny to like talk so much shit about how they're recorded and it's like they sound so much better than all the out of tune guitars I hear right. now. Oh yeah. Recorded. Yeah, yeah. Or that ukulele little guitar thing that's on every rap song right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> I loved this era of music. I was super into like pop punk at the time. Like Definitely. Really into Blink, really into Simple Plan. And Newfound Glory. Yeah, Newfound Glory, something corporate. Yeah. So- oh, so- oh nice, yeah, dude, yeah. nice. We, we have to do some I of their shit. I was more of a Jack's Mannequin guy, yeah, but... I would never I would never say that. <laughs> Blasphemy. <laughs> but, but saying that you're a Jack's Mannequin guy, like to me, in my head, I just picture some douchebag in a Range Rover or Land Rover. I can Rover. see that. I yeah, can see yeah. that. Whereas I something corporate, that. I just picture myself, which is a, a douchebag without a Land Rover. I think, man, those Jack's Mannequins records They're good. sound so good, and though. He, and, and like, there's something about somebody who can write on a piano yeah. that really helps songs go somewhere. Yeah. But this is not one of those songs. No, this no, no, is no, clearly no, no, a guitar no. song. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like, how do you... What I really like about this mix is it does sound like a real band, but as we pointed out, we've got those weird bubbly arpeggio sounds. There's some DJ scratching that doesn't really feel dated even. Right. So, like, how do you make a record 
that ha- that sounds like a band but uses elements that aren't in there. Yeah. It's like if you took those elements out, is the song an Americana song now? Yeah, I mean, I don't th- I think it's like a, a little more serious. Yeah. Like I think some of those elements like really help the lightness of it, which is probably True. what helped it like cross over cuz like lyrically it's it's a little dense, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I like the little ARP sound. I think it's cool. I think they're so sick. I would yeah. love to hear um, like a like a thirty two track album of just all the different iterations of the song. Do oh, they ever do that? That'd be cool. Yeah, I know. Like, oh, I you know because they're always like like Kanye. Like, oh, I recorded, I mixed stronger seventy seven times. Right, right. Give me that. Give me that album. Yeah, I want to listen to it seventy seven times. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by ties that you don't tie. <laughs> Gotta cause some ruckus in a mall? Trying to make some ballerinas jealous of your future career rocking on MTV? Gotta get the ties that you don't tie. Now available at Chad Kroger's all around the Atlanta metro area. Thanks so much, y'all, for listening to this podcast. Please spread the word about this podcast in real life. Rate and review us on iTunes and check us out on Patreon. We've got a lot of episodes related to Avril Lavigne potentially being a clone. I don't know. Maybe Gucci Mane's a clone. (laughs) When you hear Gucci, the word Gucci, do you think of like a brand or the main? I think about the main. Me too. Exactly. Thanks so much (laughs) for listening to this. (laughs) 